This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of religious education and misgendering. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jen. My name is CJ, and we are your co-conspirators in plotting whatever it is that cisgender heterosexual people think it is that we're doing. Uh, but what is on the by schedule for today, CJ? We're talking with Corey. Do-do-do. I decided to make it a song that oh, time. Okay. And then we're going to play a game. That part wasn't part of the song. Oh, I see how it is. <laughs> you know, what like an abrupt a, you know, to that song. You know, in music, where every time the artist indicates that they have sung, and then when they stopped, I'm just trying to emulate that. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. How are you, Corey? Um, just living the dream. Love every that. day is the greatest day. Oh. Which is white people for I fucking hate everything. No, okay. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh. I rescind my <laughs> I I just okay, so we're all recording in the same room, which first of all, Corey brought us meals, which is very good. Um, but also they've got a um a mustache septum not not ring, I guess. How would you describe it? Um a mustache septum jewelry piece. Uh, yeah, it, it unclear. Looks like, it looks like a one of those like curly mustache that like antagonists have and like Looney Tunes yeah, yeah, things, yeah. and it's very very good. And yeah. I'm not gonna stop looking at it the entire episode. <laughs> so I'm just uh, just the energy in the room. It, that's where it is. This for is me. yeah. It's very like tied someone to the railroad tracks. Twirl the mustache energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. see, this is my goal mustache, but I've been on testosterone for eight months now, and I have not one hair on my upper lip so this is the best i can do right now and i just ask that you respect the stash i know i do absolutely thank you uh so uh tell us a little about you well um i am 25 years young um Actually, I turned 26 at the end of this month, so... Yay! Happy early birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I am a transgender person. Um, Specifically, I identify as non-binary or transmasculine. Um, I use they-them pronouns. Um, I have one small child who will be turning two in January. Their name is Phoenix. Um, They're the light of my life. They're the light of literally everyone's life, so, you know... You may not even know them, but guess what? They're the light of your life, too. Yeah. Like, oh, like the Teletubby son. Yes. Yeah, do you know that kid just went to college or something? Yeah. Oh, so so Phoenix has to take up the mantle. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. There can only be one. (laughs) Well, it's like the When uh, when Joe went away to college, Steve went away to college and Joe had to take Uh, over. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, It's exactly like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so I've got that going for me. Um, I am a full-time student at the Community College of Philadelphia studying behavioral health and human services. 
uh, hoping to go to grad school and become a licensed clinical therapist in my future. Um, I am also a uh, drag performer in the city. I perform as Mitch the Wild Thing. You can check me out. I'm actually performing this Saturday, but this episode will already be posted and that show will be passed. So <laughs> it, it was really to suck. It was really good when it happened. <laughs> right. Um, so that, and uh, I'm a standardized patient for the University of Pennsylvania. Um, I am also a program assistant for them. Um, so I help doctors work on their interpersonal skills and uh, basically get paid to teach Trans 101 to doctors, which is what I do in my spare time. Anyway, without getting money for it. <laughs> but this time you do. Mood. But this time I do. Yay. Um yeah, that's that's all I can think I mean, uh, that's all I can really think to say off the top of my head about myself. But that's I'm sure more will come about out. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Sure more will come out. Yeah. Uh wanna lead us on your queer journey? Sure. What what got you here? What got me here? So much. Um, no, so actually, um when I was much, much younger, uh I I think that you know, in human development, you learn like how, at what point kids start to identify, um, different races and different Mm -hmm. genders. And basically like the, the premise is, um, I am this thing and this person is other. And that's how they start to make those Mm -hmm. connections. And that's how they start to group people. Um, so I think for me, um, because I was a non-binary child that I never had that moment with gender where I was like, um, you know, I belong to this group and this group is other. It was mm-hmm. like, it was a very standard uh, experience with people of any gender where it was like, I don't really belong to this group. I also don't belong to this other group. I'm yeah. kind of on this island over here. And, you know, I was being identified by others as a girl. Mm-hmm. But um, but that was just like a word that was assigned to me. You know, mm-hmm. it didn't really have any meaning past that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, so that was sort of where I started out. Um, the first time that I had an encounter where somebody like called that into question or that I ever had to like question what my gender was, was, uh, in like second grade, um, I had the opportunity to cut my hair, uh, to whatever length I chose up until that point, my mom had chosen all of my haircuts and they were all consistently hair down to my butt, um, with straight across bangs. And All right. Now listen, I looked fabulous. Don't get me wrong. Sure, yeah. But um, when I finally had the opportunity to cut my hair, I cut it like way up past my ears, and it was a very drastic change. Um, I did this not because I like specifically preferred shorter hair to longer hair, but really just to test the limitations of like what it was okay for me to do as quote unquote a girl. Right. Um, and at the time, uh, the responses that I got from, uh, a lot of folks were like, you look like a boy. And that was said to me as if it was a negative thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the first time that I had to question, like, uh, what does it mean to be a boy? Why is it a negative thing? What does it mean to be a girl? And like, is that, is that something that I really should be calling myself? And, and I'm saying this in a very like eloquent and like well thought out way now at 25 years old, but obviously in right. second grade, it wasn't so much that as much as it was like, ah, oh, what am I like, what is going on here? Like, why yeah. don't I feel like anyone else, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it was sort of the same thing with attraction because, um, I, I, I identify as uh, queer, but also as like, um, demisexual. So, um, I never really experienced like a sexual type of attraction to anyone upon meeting them or mm-hmm. like upon seeing them. Um, and that, that experience was pretty consistent across the board. So when, um, you know, when the, when people like the other people around me who were also being called girls were starting to explore their sexual interests, which were 
uh, almost exclusively directed at people who were being called boys, Mm -hmm. I thought, like, that's what I have to do. So I sort of played into that for a while. Um, But it never, like, it never really felt right. Um, Or slash it never really felt like it encapsulated who I, who I really was interested in. Um, Right. So in high school, I started to hear, like, more about, like, what it means to be queer, like, what it means to be bisexual or Mm -hmm. whatever. And, um, and I, and I knew, I knew, like, probably in sixth or seventh grade that that's more along the lines of, like, what I was, Mm. you know, capable of, because I I knew that my attraction didn't seem to be based on gender. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had never explored any of those feelings, you know, so it wasn't until high school that I really thought, like, maybe I can try this out, see what happens, you know? Well, yeah. what's what's what could possibly go wrong? Give it a, give it a whirl. <laughs> give it a whirl. <laughs> so I think it was like freshman year of high school. Um, I had my like first kiss with a girl. Oh um, my god! <laughs> and right, and I was like, wow, cool. I'm so gay. Like that. <laughs> that's it. I figured it out. I know everything about my my gender identity and my sexual identity. I'm just a bisexual case woman. Closed. Yeah, case closed. <laughs> We're all done here. Um, clearly, that was not the case. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, it took it took obviously some time, which makes sense because I was uh, at an all girls Catholic high school at the time. Mm-hmm. I'd only ever been to Catholic school to this point, and um, you know, in adolescence, part of your development is that you're really focused on um, fitting into the crowd and like being part of that group. So, like, given that I was pushed into like an all girls high school, it makes perfect sense why I did everything I could to em- encapsulate what it meant to be. Um, a young girl at an all-girls Catholic high school. Yeah. (laughs) Up to and including becoming pretty much the spokesperson for for single-sex education (laughs) in my senior year of high school, which is truly comical. Wait, (laughs) like, sorry, that you were advocating for... I was advocating for single-sex education. (laughs) I was the spokesperson. If you look up my dead name, you'll find countless newspaper articles. Oh my god! Oh, my god. oh goodness! It's it's it's. That was your claim to fame. That was in your my town. claim to fame. Could you clarify for any listeners and also me, um, what exactly you mean by single sex education? Oh, it's just utter bullshit. Like there's it's Fair. it's basically the premise that like there are all girls schools and all boys schools and like my my high school is an all girls school. Okay, cool. Okay. And yeah, so it's like it's gotcha. very it's a misnomer because it has nothing to do with sex. It has everything to do with like perceived gender identity and education for Right. Okay. Yeah. There yeah. we go. My, very very yeah. silly. Yeah. Um, I was really confused. I'm like single sex education is that masturbation? Like, <laughs> I was I was really Lost there for a second. Thank you. For sure. Yeah. Uh, now, hold on. Making a note. Yeah, right. Uh, but, uh, call masturbation single sex education. <laughs> no. Uh, thank you. I just got to single sex educate myself Look, real quick. <laughs> Emma Watson can refer to herself as self-partnered. That's yes. true. Listen. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, she did that for us. She did that for us. <laughs> um, so in any case, um, <clears throat> that is that is a true thing about um, me that you may not have known before, but now you do. And I'm uh, so glad. Uh, but yeah, so so that's all thing. Uh, and then I went to college, and I was going to Temple University in the middle of the city, and I was surrounded by people of uh, different genders and different um, orientations and all different identities for the first time. 
And I was like, wow, cool. There are so many more options. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I was window shopping for gender for a while. <laughs> like, it's like, it was less about, like, what do I feel like and more about, like, you know, because every, I think every queer person has the experience of, like, do I want to be this person or do I want to fuck them? You know, it seems like a pretty, like, across the board thing. And and for me, it was, like, that to the next level. It's like, do I want to be this person? Do I want to fuck this person? Do I want this person's gender? Like, you know, mm-hmm. when, where was I with every individual that I met? I was truly window shopping for gender. Yeah. Like, that's really how I... Sometimes you gotta throw a bunch of gender into the Amazon cart, but when you're not ready to press order yet. You know? Um, the real gender is the friends we made along the way. It's true. <laughs> I'm always saying that. Yeah, it's, like, it's a good phrase. Um, so I found a word that stuck, which was non-binary, and, and it stuck because it seemed to encapsulate the sheer confusion that I had regarding my gender without making it any more specific than that, which I was fully not ready to do. Yeah. Um, and it continued to feel good to me and still feels good to me today because the way that I view my gender is very fluid and like, while, you know, I experience dysphoria about certain body parts that I have or like certain ways that other people, um, encounter me like at my core I don't find myself to be a particularly feminine or masculine person I'm just mm-hmm. a person who explores aspects of what we consider feminine and what we consider masculine yeah um so that's sort of like what landed me on that um figuring out sort of like where my gender identity fell and figuring out that my gender identity and like what my where I experienced dysphoria was not necessarily like in sync with one another for instance I felt Tons of dysphoria about having a large chest, but almost no dysphoria at all about having a vagina. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's con- that's continued to be true. Um, so I think that, like, my, my journey where it's at now is really figuring out, like, how to exist in this new body that I have. Um, mm-hmm. I, like, often talk about the fact that, like, two years ago... I had a gallbladder, I had four wisdom teeth, I had a baby in my stomach, and <laughs> and I had breasts. And now I have none of those things. <laughs> um, I still have the baby, but she's just not in my stomach anymore. Yeah. Um, so, um, so, like, you know, this is a totally foreign body to me. And while it's so much more comfortable than the body or bodies that I've been in before, it's, it's still something that takes some getting used to. Yeah. And some, like, figuring out how you know how to feel best Mm -hmm. um and that's like a daily thing that's like with every article of clothing that i put on or every way that i style my hair or like every piece of jewelry that i wear it's like does this validate my gender or does this invalidate my gender um or like you know what i mean like what feels what feels good to me it's not so much about like is this thing feminine or masculine does this mean i'm a boy or a girl it's just does this feel good to me because also what i interpret as feminine somebody else might not yeah true Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> so that's where we are today, kiddos. Yay! <laughs> Welcome. Um, I've been really interested in following your uh, journey as a student mm. on the social medias. Uh, <laughs> uh, partic- I'm particularly interested in like what drove you to like the specific field that you're studying and like your eventual like career path. Um, because it seems like a lot of it is rooted in like your experience in like as a queer individual and like sort of like passing that on to others. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Um, so when I first went to college, so I was coming out of Catholic high school and at the time, um, my, I was referred to many, like there was like a split among my teachers. Half of my teachers were like, you really need to be a teacher. That's what you're being called to do. Mm -hmm. Half of my teachers were like, 
you need to be a nun. That's what oh, you're being right. called to do. Uh, that's true. That's a fully true fact. Did you know that there's like this nun convention that happens every year where like two of it's a nunvention. Um, there's like, you know, a, an amount of nuns from each different order that come and like they all have this like day long thing where they um, meet with high school students and talk huh. about what it is to be in the religious life. And every high school gets to send like two or three students Um, And I got sent every year. (laughs) So, and it's their way of like gently suggesting that like you're, you're receiving a calling to be a nun, which is hysterical to me. Um, (laughs) And then there was like, and then there was like the third facet of folks who were like, you should go into theater. Like that's, that's what you're being called to do. Mm -hmm. And so like at the time I was like, well, I certainly don't think that I want to be a nun. That seems like, it couldn't possibly be true. Right. Um, <laughs> I genuinely have no idea why anyone thinks that, but here we are. Um, and the people who are saying, like, I should be a teacher, I was like, but why? Like, just because you want me to, like, educate others? And am I really in a place where that's what I want to do? Like, that's that has an amount of impact, but I don't know. And, and I want to make impact, but I don't know that that's the impact mm-hmm. that I want to have mm. necessarily. Um, And theater was the thing that I was like, you know, this is something that I feel passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just because I really loved performing and because like theater really gave me a home in high school as like a place where I always felt safe and valued, which is like Mm -hmm. really important in adolescence. But also, um, you know, because like at the time, like I was very, I was very good for my high school, which doesn't necessarily mean that I was very good in general, but I was very good for my high school. (laughs) So I was like, cool, this is definitely what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't think a uh, second past that. And I just went right into that. The other side of it was really that, like, um, like what kept me with it past that point was that um, I noticed that the thing that I cared most about was connecting with other people mm-hmm. um, and, like, loving other people and, like, and understanding and empathizing with, like, a full range of emotions that always felt so um, palpable to me, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and theater really gave a a safe place to explore that. Mm -hmm. Um, I also thought that like, you know, fundamentally theater has a lot to do with like being political and like questioning the status quo and like, you know, shaking things up when they don't make sense. Um, my experience at Temple had, had a good deal of that Mm -hmm. from, from the perspective of like my faculty members who were all like incredibly talented and also like very, uh, well-versed and, like, very understanding. But um, but there was a lot of uh, conflict that arose from um, just some of the politics of the school being out of sync with what my politics were. Sure, yeah. And, and so that put me in a, in a different position than I had ever been in because mm-hmm. um, I had often been the one to, like, raise a stink and to, like, speak up when I thought things needed to be spoken to. But uh, typically, you know, it was things that, like, people could, most people would get behind Mm -hmm. because there was, like, not a strong power imbalance where, like, people felt that they couldn't get behind these things. But Mm -hmm. what I found quickly was that in the world of theater, there's a really strong power imbalance because nobody wants to get blacklisted. Nobody wants their faculty to hate them. Nobody Mm -hmm. wants to be put in that position. Mm -hmm. Um, And so oftentimes things that would normally get called out get, like, just swept under the rug or not acknowledged at all. And... I uh, I knew that, um, but it didn't stop me from from saying what I needed to say. Yeah. Yeah. So I found pretty quickly that I was going to end up on a lot of people's shit list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that did not feel good. Um, 
So when I graduated from college, I was like, all right, maybe I need to take a break from theater because I've been doing this for four years now and uh, I just don't know where I fit into this world if not to like empathize with other people and if not to like, you know, make things that aren't right, right. So like, what am I even doing really? Mm -hmm. Like, is this just for like glory? Because I'm not in it for that. Like, I I could care less if I never have a dollar to my name or if I never, you know, like no one ever knows who I am as long Mm -hmm. as like the people who I encounter along the way are like impacted in some Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Um, and that's really just not what the theater scene was for me. Right. Especially at the time. Um, so I took some time off. In that time, I ended up getting pregnant and having a baby. Um, and then after I had my baby, I experienced um, a really big dip in um, my mental health. Primarily because I was, like, uh, isolated for a large portion of like childbearing uh I was very very sick throughout my pregnancy I was very Mm -hmm. very sick following my pregnancy um I just was not in a great place and uh so I started seeing a therapist and I had never seen a therapist before uh and therapy as a as an institution had been like heavily stigmatized Mm -hmm. my whole life um and so I really had no idea what to expect going into it um, but I did know that the person that I was going to start seeing for therapy was non-binary themselves. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel like at least it would be safe with that regard. And that was a huge concern for me before. So, mm. so I started to go and I had, um, the most incredible experience of my life with that therapist. Um, I was working through things that, uh, that I never thought I'd be able to work through. I was, um, reaching reaching places that seemed so inaccessible to me before and it was hard work and I left a lot of sessions just like completely dissociated or like had like major breakdowns in the office or what have you but like progress was just always being made and it was and it was it was so um it was so impactful on my life um and that's something that got said to me a lot when I was in therapy, because uh, a thing that I do is if I don't understand something or if something uh, scares me, I, I'll just research the heck out of it. Mm. Because I find that a lot of the source of people's discomfort or anger is fear, and fear right. often comes from the unknown. Yeah. So anytime I feel afraid of something, instead of becoming angry, I let that inform me and like do the research that I need to do to be in a better place with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would do that with everything with therapy. Like anytime something came up that just like really, you know, scared the knickers off me, um, I would go and just research the heck out of it. And then I would come into therapy and I'd be like, so like, you know, I, I get why I'm feeling this way because like development says, and like, and like, <laughs> and just like go off and my therapist would be like, every time you come in here, you talk to me like you, you're, you're a therapist therapizing yourself who's then bringing it to me to like check in and like make sure that you've done a good job. And like, and, wow. like, and I was like, oh yeah, I do kind of do that. I was like, well, you know, I think that I really like doing that. And they were like, yeah. And, um, I asked them, I was like, well, what made you become a therapist? You know, like what made you become a therapist? What made you become a social worker? Um, and their response was that, uh, they, you know, had a deep value that all people were like capable of growth and mm-hmm. like capable of goodness and and that like they were willing to like be the intermediary mm-hmm. and like basically they said like as a as a uh, non-binary Jewish person that like they could sit across from someone who was a Nazi and like and have that conversation and get them to you know get them to a a more um, considerate place, Mm. you know, 
and a more empathetic place because they knew that like they felt that people had the capacity to to do that Mm -hmm. and um and I thought about that and I was like wow that's really resonant for me I feel that way too and I had never encountered another person like phrasing it to me that way Mm -hmm. and then they also said like with regard to social work specifically as opposed to just like general psychology is that like you know social work looks at the whole person Mm -hmm. you know so we're not just looking at like oh this person is like you know bipolar and like depressed and like has anxiety it's like you know this person like uh is socioeconomically like has challenges in that reign or like Mm -hmm. this person like experiences like you know uh parents that like you know used alcohol heavily or like whatever Mm -hmm. the case and like and we can look at all of these factors we can look at like how how society would view a person who like meets this demographic and like yeah and and really put all of that into our interactions with these people um and like come from a place of like compassion yeah. and that was like all the all the lights in my head just went off because I was like okay so that sounds like what I've been trying to do with theater <laughs> you're telling me that there's a whole nother field for that you know and the funny thing about it was that like um when I I told you that I didn't know why I kept being sent to the nun convention, which is mm-hmm. true. I did a- eventually ask the priest that was the president at my high school why that was, and his response was that um, because of, like, the empathy that I had for others and because he could tell that, like, there was a deep drive in me to help people and, like, a deep drive in me to, like, make things right when they weren't. Mm-hmm. So it just seemed like everything in my life had been leading me down this path, and I just didn't know it, you know? So it was like, wow, okay, theater is still my passion, sure. But wow, social work is my calling. Mm. Mm. Like, that's my calling. That's what I need to be doing, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, all right, now what do I need to do to make that happen? And, and you're, do- and you're now doing I'm, it. And now yeah, I'm ding-dang doing, dang doing it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? Here that's I am. so cool. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's how I ended up in my, in my schooling. Wonderful. Awesome. Yes. Uh, so, what is something you would like to tell cishet people for the very last time, and then you never have to hear about it ever again? Done. <sighs> um, <laughs> that every single time you misgender someone, or you dead name somebody, it hurts. Mm. And you may not think it hurts, and they may not tell you it hurts, and mm. they may still proceed as though nothing has changed between the two of you Mm. but it hurts and the more it happens the more of a rift it will drive between you and at a certain point that rift is not going to be able to be closed so if you love somebody and you know that you have the capacity to respect them then you need to do whatever work is necessary Mm. to do that yeah absolutely i think also like the hurt can be unintentional sure but still present sure like you like I, I come across so many times people being like, oh, well, like, it, it was, like, a misunderstanding, like, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and, like, immediately apologize, and, like, absolutely, like, I definitely see where they're coming from, but, like, there's the part of me that's, like, you still see me as a woman, like, right. there is still a part of you that, like, this wouldn't be happening so yeah. often if you didn't still just see me as a woman, and at this point you're just trying and failing to correct terminology. Sure. Like, even if it's purely just um, habit or an accident, like, there's this, this view where it's, like, the intention, if it wasn't to hurt, then it's fine, but it's, like, I don't know, my roommate opened a door and it hit me in the face, I'm not, like, mad at them, but it hurt. Yeah, (laughs) sure. And I would want them to apologize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like, whether someone intends to hurt or not, you know, like, it, it doesn't yeah. matter what your intention is. If your impact is hurt, your impact is hurt. So, mm-hmm. like, you correct it if you don't want to hurt the person again. It's really yeah. that simple. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, fix it. <laughs> hey, fix it. <laughs> or just, I mean, like, what I tell people often, because a lot of people will be like, well, I've done this my whole life, and I'm like, I'm just really ingrained, and I just don't know what to do, and whatever, and I'm just like, you know, did you ever practice? Did you ever just sit in your room and just mm. practice saying things out loud to yourself in a mirror? Yeah. Did you ever do that? Mm. No. Yeah. They almost never have. And I can tell you that if you practice something, it becomes so much easier. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Anytime that my <laughs> friends change, like, their name or their pronoun, the next, like, half hour for me is, like... Okay, so, like, I'm going to see Corey this week. They're going to be there, and that's Corey. <laughs> like, right. I'll just sit there and say everything I know about that person with their yeah. name and pronouns. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's really helpful. Yeah. Um, I also tell those people, like, in the in the in-between, like, when you're still working on that or you haven't had the chance to practice or whatever, and someone tells you that they use they, them pronouns, because that seems to be a major sticking point for a lot of people, mm-hmm. It's just picture that the person who uses the they, them pronouns has, like, a tiny mouse in their pocket, and every time you refer to them... <laughs> You're referring to both them and the tiny mouse. So it's like, Corey's over there and like, you know, they're hanging out today. Them and that cute tiny, little mouse in their pocket. It's cute. The tiny mouse is my best friend and it's named Hopes and Dreams That Someday I Won't Be Misgendered. Yeah, right? Oh, God. Too real. Sometimes the mouse teaches me to cook good. <laughs> Don't go into my mentions. I know it's a fucking rat. Okay? Like, <laughs> the fucking movie is called Ratatouille. I Not Mousatouille. God damn it. <laughs> That's the sequel. <laughs> Mousatouille. God damn it. See, my sticking point there wasn't, oh, CJ referenced Ratatouille when talking about a mouse. My sticking point was, but Ratatouille, which is, I know and not his name, controls the guy by pulling the hair. And yeah. <laughs> you have no hair. Oh, no. <laughs> I have hair on my armpits and my legs. There's, <laughs> a, lot of, there's a lot of different places you can cook from. Can you imagine just, just a that. tiny rat just like pulling on CJ's eyebrows? That's, yeah, to, like, make that's them definitely talk. where it would be. Too. Yeah. Like a beanie pulled down be. low and just little rat hands sticking out. <laughs> oh, Christ. Do you know how unsurprising that would be to me if I just like saw CJ yep. wearing a beanie and then I just saw two little rat hands come down? That's, like, that's how I work on so many projects at one time. It's actually just like, <laughs> I just have a series of small rats pulling all my eyebrow hairs at any given time. I knew I knew it was a ratatouille thing. I knew yeah. it. Also, I feel like I have to draw this now. Please <laughs> do. Oh, Please. goodness. That could be the image for the episode. Yep. <laughs> So, Corey, what is on your gay agenda? Um, world dominant. No. Um, actually, truly... That's um, ours. How could you? My, my real gay agenda is um, to to empower the next generation of queers coming up mm. um, and to uh, liberate folks, to build communities. You know, like, that's, that's at the basis of, like, a lot of what I'm doing with social work is, yeah. like... You know, how do we strengthen communities? How do we strengthen individuals? Like, I never want another kid to grow up feeling like who they are is inherently wrong or mm-hmm. inherently different in a way that's bad. Yeah. Um, and anything that I can do, both in my, like, public life and in my personal life, to, like, make sure that that doesn't happen, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing like, nothing like those queer communities. 
Love them. Anytime, anytime I'm in a room with just a bunch of gay people, my power levels raise. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I'm at a point where if I'm in a room with straight people, I'm like, where, where am I? <laughs> oh, God. I get <laughs> so stressed. <laughs> I have to, like, what the fuck do I do? <laughs> I have to, like, um, my old job, I'd be like, walk in and make a joke, and then be like, oh, right. I'm a minority in here. Yeah. Oh, God. Anytime I that I'm with people and I make, I use, like, gay she for, like, oh, God, the air, she's crisp. <laughs> <laughs> or something. Yeah. And then somebody is like, does the air use she, her pronouns? Oh, uh-huh. my God. Like, I have to fucking leave the room now. Like, <laughs> I, I cannot, I cannot work under yeah. these conditions. Like, I will end you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, game time. Yeah, game love games. Time. All right, so, um, listeners, you may remember back when we uh, interviewed Spencer slash Dragity Ann, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about the, the um, growing trend that is drag queen story time, and we wanted to, as My Gay Agenda wants to put our gay little hands in everything, mm-hmm. uh, we wanted to cash in on that, so I thought, let's revisit, let's make another children's book, because Corey, not only are you a drag artist, you also have a teeny human, so you're like extra qualified for this. <laughs> <laughs> so we're oh, going to make um, My Gay Agenda Golden Book. Okay. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm trying to think of like, what would be the perfect book for Phoenix? Oh god. Mm. I have a book called Phoenix Goes to School already, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got I I got to sidetrack. Like, there's like the gifts. I don't know if Phoenix Goes to School is one of those, but like the ones where like you just like fill in the blank with a person's name and then oh, like that's, that's a cool. gift for them. Except mine has my dead name on it, oh, no. so it's like dead name goes to the circus. So I'm like, good for her, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to find like a nice little trans girl who uses that name and give it to them. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, I um I had one of those in my household growing up, and it was specifically like of my dad and my brother going to the moon, um. But I I loved it very much, and I'm like, no, I'm that's that trust me now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, if they start, we can start with a character, or because uh, I what was the last one was uh, uh it was it's two? raining cats and glitter outside, and it was about two cats flying around the world. One of the cats was a drag queen. One other cat was a witch, and the other cat was a drag queen in a dragon, like, onesie. No, it was a Bulbasaur. A Bulbasaur, sorry. A Bulbasaur. So. <laughs> and they rode around on a broom and, and tossed glitter to the That's world. That's it. So I just, I just want to say that at one point, um, it was said to me that we would be playing a game that might also be an improv um thing this is entirely an improv thing that's why we say it you're in it that was a misleading disclosure (laughs) sometimes i come in with trivia and sometimes i'm like let's make a a thing so i can pretend that we are um a gay corporation (laughs) you were in fact Uh led Uh Uh (laughs) well um okay let's start talk it out yeah, yeah. alright, let's think about this. So first of all, I want I want the characters to all be inanimate objects. And I, I want them all to use yeah. they then pronouns. Hell yeah. Because nothing gets me more than inanimate objects in children's stories that use pronouns that are almost exclusively he him because mm-hmm. it's so generalized mm-hmm. as like the, the standard. Yeah. Um so let's start with that. We know that all the all the characters use they okay. them pronouns. Um, and what kind of inanimate object are there a lot of, like, different variations of, but, like, they're all the same kind of object? Ooh, um... That kids would relate to. Right. 
And it can't be crayons because that already exists. Yeah. Or like stuffed animals. <laughs> that was Toy Story. Try it. Right. My first thought was a food, not an object. My That's like chili that beans. Works. Yeah. I don't know about chili beans. That's kind of... <laughs> jelly beans. Oh, I thought it was a chili bean. I'm talking a huge pot of chili. <laughs> Okay. Um, Look, kids no, love chili. <laughs> we all know. I've got a giant pot of chili in my fridge yeah. right now. No, I was uh, thinking jelly beans, but okay. Yeah. Okay. I love. Well, I love that though. Cool. Um, yeah, jelly beans. Let's do it. Sure. Okay. Not like Bernie Bots. We're not doing any like grass or boogie flavored ones. Yeah, no. there are some pl- plenty of like non Bernie Bots ones that are disgusting though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have you had a buttered popcorn jelly bean? Listen. Okay. First of all. You're so rude, because I, I shit you not, but right before you said that, I was like, you know, the best Bernie Bots one is that butter popcorn. Maybe, I fucking maybe. knew that you would love butter popcorn I jelly do. I fucking knew it. I do. <laughs> maybe the Bernie Bots one is different than, like, the Jelly Belly one, but the no, one No, they're I, the same one. Oh, no. They're the same one. Well, everyone's different. Yep. Wow. <gasps> maybe this can be our moral. <laughs> uh, no, because then our main character is going to get eaten at the no, end. No, no. <laughs> like, I'm like, delicious. Jelly beans like it. teasing other jelly beans about what flavor they are. And at the end, it's like, it's fucking subjective. <laughs> That's the last line. Yeah, the like... jelly bean shrugged. It's fucking subjective. <laughs> this is why I'm not writing the children's book on my own. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's think about this. So there's some jelly beans. Yes. Let's let's pick the flavors. Why the hell not? Okay. We got green apple. Gotta have green apple. Yeah. Hell yeah. I was gonna say watermelon. Watermelon. We love a watermelon. There, there's a cotton candy, right? There is now. Yeah. I, there has to be. There's gotta be. There has to I'd be. I'd be certain. I'd be very surprised. If what about were. those like weird cinnamon ones? Oh yeah, like this. They're just cinnamon. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> just yeah. Cinnamon. It's just cinnamon. All right. It's, and I feel like just for the sake of we already talked about it, that butter popcorn. Butter popcorn. popcorn no, but yeah, no. All right. So green apple, green apple, yep, green no, apple, <laughs> watermelon, um, cinnamon, and buttered popcorn mm-hmm. are the and cotton candy. And cotton candy is <laughs> like the weird one that like doesn't really care if they fit in. Like they're just like hanging out by like the lockers, like with one foot up, you know, just like yeah. smoking a cigarette, but it's not lit. Yeah, you know, I imagine <laughs> it's a candy cigarette. It's a yeah. candy cigarette. <laughs> I imagine. Oh, that's funny because yes. they're candy. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. I imagine the butter popcorn one is like sort of like the Gonzo of the group. Um, say more. Gonzo <laughs> <laughs> from the Muppets. Say more. How how are they the Gonzo of the group? Is what I'm asking. They're the like the whatever category. Like they're they're also they're in the chicken. What? No. <laughs> They're, they're the ones that, like, do, like, weird artsy shit. Okay. All Maybe right. they make sculptures out of, like, toothpicks or something. But okay. they're jelly beans, so it's like, how the fuck did you do that? It's like the grape the answer surprise you. or something. <laughs> <laughs> we did surgery on a grape. Sorry, that sidetrack. Um, I speak mostly in meme, meme or Vine references, so mm. I'm surprised that's the first one that's come up. Um, okay, so we got the artsy Gonzo type uh, in the buttered yeah. popcorn one. Um, the the green apple one is like the cool kid. Like everybody likes the green apple one. It's just yeah. objectively cool, but like also like a nice person, you know. Like a nice person. Yeah. It, it's like the kid in school who is like one of the cool popular kids, but mostly just because like they're a genuinely okay. good person like, and like everybody enjoys being around them. Right. 
We have two more jelly beans, right? Yes. Okay, I'm just saying, we have um, a cool kid, a, an outcast loner, um, and a weirdo. All we need is a nerd and, and a preppy girl, and, and this is Jelly Bean <laughs> Breakfast Club. <laughs> I loved when Gonzo was in the breakfast club. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great rewrite. Um, okay, well, my, my, my recommendation was that, like, watermelon is Green Apple's best friend. You know, but watermelon's a dick. Nobody likes watermelon. They're rude. They're cool. They're, like, popular, but they're just rude. They're, like, a mean mm. person. They're mm-hmm. constantly trying to push Green Apple to, like, not sit with the unpopular kids and, like, mm. not talk to the kids who don't have, like, as much money as their family or whatever. Right. So, like, so that's a thing. Watermelon's um, a Heather. Watermelon is like a hundred percent Heather Chandler. Yeah, it's gotcha. just like canonically. Um, and uh, but like you know, like they're but they they got money. They are cool. Like a lot of people do like them, but they're just mean. They're just mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, we have um, cinnamon. Yes, cinnamon. That cinnamon is like the hot one. Ironically, <laughs> cinnamon. Cinnamon's like cinnamon's like that hot like. Um, kind of like aloof one, like they do good at everything. Like they're like they're just like they they have straight A's. They're they're like yeah. cheer captain. Like. They're they're Marcy Park from Twenty Fifth Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Sure, I don't know they're, that um, musical very well. Molly Ringwald in the Breakfast Club. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're just they're just hot. They're just All very hot. The Club. Um and and they just they're they're like they're not mean or nice. They just kind of do their thing. Like they're busy. They're busy. Mm-hmm. They have cheer practice after school. They've got like student council meetings in the morning. Like yeah. they've got like a laundry list of things that they need to get done before prom which mm. they're by the yeah. way on the planning committee for obviously um they're just busy and probably and gonna be prom bean they're probably gonna be prom bean yeah, yeah. let's be real okay so those are all our jelly bean friends i feel um, like this could be like a babysitter's club type series like we have such a strong cast and they could go on different adventures a, we have such a strong cast <laughs> yeah of jelly beans yeah um cool well let's let's this is like the introductory one you know what happens um, in the introductory one I feel like the introductory one has to be like a new kid in school type story that's usually how like any kind of like this book that's still set in like a high school setting, it's usually like the monster high kind of thing. It's always like well, that's yeah. the butter the popcorn then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's butter care. popcorn. That's why they're kind of an outcast. They don't really know where they fit in yet. That's part yeah. of the reason that they're an outcast. Yeah, right. Um, I thought there was a wacky Gonzo one. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and then somebody's like, "Sorry, you'll never be popular," and they're like, "But pop is in my name," and then they dab oh! for five pages. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... <laughs> It's a, it becomes a flip book, like Captain America. <laughs> look, <laughs> look, I was already going to draw the jelly beans. Now I have to animate it. <laughs> <laughs> they deserve it. Um, so, so yeah, so, like, you know, buttered popcorn shows up. That that interaction has to happen. Yeah. Uh, obviously. We're not monsters. Yeah. Um, but then, like, the next thing that happens, I think, is that, like, Watermelon, uh, like, has a weird interest in buttered popcorn. Oh. And, like, doesn't want to tell anyone because that would totally break all the norms of their like social standing if they had a thing for buttered popcorn this like <laughs> new kid on the block yeah. you know mm-hmm. um and like they know that probably if they told green apple that green apple would be like a good person to con- a good being to confide in but they're not going to because they don't even want to break character for green apple yeah so it's they just pride. right it's yeah. a point of pride so they have this like they have this like deeply held belief but then what happens when cinnamon asks buttered popcorn 
to prom. Oh no. And Cinnamon doesn't really want to go to buttered pop with buttered popcorn to prom, but like Cinnamon being like the like egalitarian, like very like whatever yeah. um one like feels like that's like the thing that they should do for this new student who like doesn't have any friends. Yeah. And like there's a small window of opportunity for watermelon to like speak their truth mm-hmm. and like come in like actually I really want to go to prom with buttered popcorn. Otherwise, they may not get another chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how does it end? You'll have to find out when we rate the book and publish it <laughs> <laughs> with all that time we have. I want it to end with um, watermelon, buttered popcorn, and cinnamon all going to prom together. Yeah. Right, so that's 100% how it ends, because polyamory is cool. Yeah. And we, we want kids' books to not always be weird love triangles. Mm-hmm. So so what ends up happening is that, like, finally, like, I think Watermelon uh, has, like, a, a heart-to-heart with Green Apple mm-hmm. and, like, tells their best friend everything, and they're like, listen... I totally hear you. You should just tell them. This doesn't have to be a you versus them thing. Mm-hmm. That's some, like, capitalist monogamous BS that you've been <laughs> fed. And, like, you can just have feelings and everyone can share them. And that can be a thing. Yeah. So Watermelon's, like, okay. And has to, like, really abandon all of their, like, all of their social conditioning. Mm-hmm. And they approach buttered popcorn and cinnamon. And they're, like, look, you're popcorn. You're cinnamon. I'm watermelon. Nobody would ever put us in the same bite. They just wouldn't. But that's not our fault. And you know what? We'd probably be disgusting together. <laughs> but we will never know until we enter into prom, which happens to take place in a human's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and the we... prom banners are like spelled out on the team like yeah. P R O. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like the like the like prom god like decides based on your outfit like whether or not you get swallowed or spit out. It becomes like a cat situation. At the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! We're just breaking all the barriers here. <laughs> the jelly bean Grisabella. <laughs> and the thing is, and the thing is that like cinnamon's like you know like ah uh, duh like I'm cool with whatever like cinnamon's doesn't care like cinnamon's like yeah this makes you happy I want you to be happy I'm glad that you're breaking these norms like I'm ready for it and buttered popcorn is like. Wait, me? Like, I'm part of this cool group. Like, you two are two of the coolest kids in school. And I'm this, like, new, like, bad bean type, you know, artsy loner. I don't know. The artsy one. We've combined cotton candy and buttered popcorn at some point. (laughs) But. It's fine. But that. No, wait. Buttered popcorn is transgender. They used to be cotton candy. They just switched what kind of movie snack they were. Oh, shit. I love it. Yes. That's what happened. They're not a new kid at all. They're not a new kid at all. They've always been here. Mm -hmm. They've always been here. What a fun twist on the new kid, like, trope. Yep. Yeah. So they're still getting interpreted somewhat as a new kid, but they're truly not a new kid. They're just, you know, new year, new me. Yeah. Right, so, yeah, okay, so it's, wow. it's less like, oh, I like the new kid, and more just like, oh, now that they're, like, being themselves and, like, feeling their oats and all that, yeah. the, the popcorn oats, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, they've got a new spring in their step, and they're real cute. Yeah. I'm into it. Wow. Um, That's heartwarming. And I love wow. Cinnamon asking them out as a, out of a sense of obligation, but slowly developing their own feelings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Also, can Cinnamon be ace? Obviously. I'm into that. Thank Obviously. You. Yes. All right. I'll yeah, let you know. That seems, that seems like it is the only thing that could be true. Yeah. Regarding. Wonderful. Yeah. I'm yeah. into it. Love yeah. this. Um, all we need is a title. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, 
there's something with the fact that like like there's the all the sounds and like the word jelly bean are sort of like LGBT <laughs> but I haven't <laughs> sussed that out yet. It's L Jelly B T And Teen Cause in high school L Jelly Bean L Jelly Bean Teens. L Jelly Bean Teens, yeah. Yes. yes. That's a good ass title. We got there. We got there. <laughs> we made it. Oh my god, I love this so much. This is a great story. Yeah. We should write it. We did it, everyone. <laughs> we did it. I'm legitimately gonna have to animate butter popcorn dabbing so <laughs> yes uh. amazing uh thank you for being on the show Corey. uh is there anything you'd like to promote like maybe your your drag stuff yeah so i'll promote two things real quick the mm-hmm. first is my drag stuff like i said look me up i'm mitch the wild thing i'm on all social media pretty much not twitter though um well not twitter as <laughs> much the wild thing right anyhow <laughs> um ask about that uh <laughs> edit that little <laughs> breakaway out um okay so no so yeah follow me i've got a couple shows coming up in november especially since it's my birthday month you can also always tip me at how much the wild thing on venmo um and oh, lastly yeah. if you're uh if you're a grad school listening to this and you're like wow i want this person to have a degree from my school on their wall when they become a licensed clinical therapist then guess what? You can have me for the low, low price of free um, admission and free tuition, and I will come to your school, and I will be a therapist from your school. Heck so yeah. make it happen, internet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, if you want to tweet at me about the best and worst jelly bean flavors um, or get upset that I did not enjoy the buttered popcorn jelly beans, uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore glitter goblin underscore. And I link to my other social medias from there. And as always, you can find My Gay Agenda on iTunes. If you're already there, why not rate the podcast and uh, just throw, throw those stars at us, directly at us, um, and just, just like tell, tell your friends about the show. You know, it really helps out those sweet recommendations. I see people... Post on social media like, oh my god, what are podcast recommendations? And we get tagged in those a lot. And every time I'm like, oh, thanks. People like listening to us and that's very sweet. Um, So if you could continue to spread the word. um, And we are on Facebook uh, and on Twitter and on Patreon. Uh, Much like Rachel, the mermaid kid, Higgins. Who is a Patreon supporter who insisted I come up with a new nickname every time that I give them a credit on the podcast. So I decided Mermaid Kid because you like mermaids. I do. Uh, yeah. That's a true fact about Cory Mascart. Yeah. Um, and I think that about does it for us. Heck yeah. All right. Until next time, put this on your gay agenda. Fight the power. Love yourself. Give yourself a little sweet treat today. We talked a lot about jelly beans, and now Hmm. I want some leftover Halloween candy. Heck yeah. yeah. And that.